Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox post game show presented by Points Bet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. Herb, can we say it? What can we say? White Sox winner? Finally. White Sox winner? For the CHGO White Sox post-game show. Holy hell. In 12 innings, the White Sox go to 500 again. And they win 5-4 to four in one of the craziest, worst, ugliest wins that you will ever see in Major League history. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast, pregame show, postgame show. Alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Good to see our guy Steven Nissen there, Rick Smith, Dan Payton, Wayne, Sheba, Jesus. If you guys want to hang out with us immediately after the game, live on YouTube, Feel free to join us. If there's a Sunday and you're looking to kill an hour with us, maybe you, you don't have work tomorrow on Monday for Memorial Day. You need something to do tomorrow. You can always listen to this uh, tomorrow. But, you know, always feel free to jump into the CHGO Sports YouTube channel and ch ch chat with us live. Uh, we got a lot of people, a lot of familiar faces. So it's good to see new ones pop up left and right. Herb, Sox win 5-4. to four. But honestly, if you asked me, if you pulled me the seventh inning, I honestly probably would have been more down and more despaired about this team than I was yesterday after the postgame. That was an ugly one. Yeah, that game that they just won versus the Cubs, we're elated that they won. It's better that they won that they, than they lost. But we obviously see all the problems the White Sox have. This team is not fundamentally sound. They're undisciplined. They don't do the things that a team that's supposed to be competing for the AL Central Championship do. I don't know if that just clicks on. And then, of course, you know, the most depressing thing was the fifth inning where you see your leader, your best player, go out with a apparent uh, growing injury. So I don't know how long he's going to be out. Any amount of time is bad time for the White Sox. He'll probably be going on the IL, as uh, Tony LaRusso said in his post game. But that's all I've been thinking about since that happened. Right. Like, this team is bad, and now it's going to get even worse with our best player leaving. This team is bad, and they just lost their only player who was consistently producing. Uh, we do have a super chat, so shout out to Muhammad before we get into the bad news for Tim Anderson. We got a $9.99 uh, super chat uh, from our guy, Mohammed. Uh, greetings from Orange County. That's in California, Herb. It is. Uh, happy Memorial Day. Let's go, White Sox. Let's go, White Sox. That's a good way to keep us up. Make sure that we do have a somewhat positive post game because it is real rough news uh, that Tim Anderson is going to be going on the IL. Uh, we are seeing tweets, Tony LaRussa addressing the media. Uh, LaRussa said IL for sure for Anderson, uh, but the severity is not yet known in regard to the injury last year he was placed on the 10-day IL with a groin sprain I believe that they are still referring to this one as a groin sprain but we don't know the severity same groin that he hurt last year one to ten concern level where are you at right now eight just because it looked severe it looked like he was in a lot of pain an actual lot of pain so I hope I'm wrong I hope it's just a quick 15-day goes to Charlotte and gets a couple days in there, and he's coming back to the White Sox after his IL stint. Not where I'm thinking it might be a month. That will be bad. That will be devastating for the White Sox, especially with losing a guy who sets the table. We always say it. He's the straw that stirs the drink. 
The drink has been shit this year, but still, <laughs> we don't have him. It's going to be really tough to do anything offensively uh, at the top of the lineup there. Yeah, it's going to be real difficult. I mean, Tim Anderson is, you know, the straw that makes it go. And like you said, the straw has been fine, but the, the drink sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully for the Sox, I guess the silver lining about when T.A. gets injured is just the fact that two other guys that are injured that are currently uh, not fully healthy, Yohan Moncada and Luis Robert, it feels like now they'll be able to return to regular play. We did see Moncada pinch hit today. We have been hearing from Vinny Duber that it seems uh, possible that Luis Roberts returns on Tuesday or at least for that Toronto series. So maybe reinforcements are coming, but I agree with you. I mean, an eight is fair. It feels like, you know, there's different severities of this. Obviously, it was very mild last time. It was a 10-day injury, and he was able to come back uh, in August last year. This one, maybe four to eight weeks. Uh, if it's really, really strained, uh, we are hoping for no tear or anything like that, but uh, it definitely did not look good. If you missed the play, uh, I believe it was Andrewton Simmons uh, hit a ball kind of going towards, you know, it's shortstop side of second base, up the hole, Tim's ranging towards second base behind the, the, the bag. I think it was PJ Higgins who actually hit it. I'm sorry. Ranging behind the bag and he doesn't really set his feet. He just kind of drifts back into the outfield and throws it off balance to Jose Abreu. It's a great throw. It looked a beautiful. Beautiful throw. It was really awe, uh, you know, inspiring to see watching Tim make this play, but immediately you see him grimace, immediately you see him go down, and he gets carried off by two trainers. Uh, I felt like he was able to put a little bit of pressure walking off, but still not enough to walk on his own power. Yeah, and I was... When that play went out, I was like, man, look at my hand, Timmy. Look, mm-hmm. uh, outstanding play. But all throughout, like, with the throw, he's grimacing on the throw because he knows something's wrong. That's a p- true professional. Doesn't, you know, tend to his pain, making sure the out is still uh, recorded before he goes down in a, a, a heap of pain where he just grab it onto his growing and it's like, oh, man, that's the last thing this team needs. A dead team with no offense. Had having their offensive leader going down, and he's been playing awesomely defensively this last couple of right. weeks. So ah, it just hurts. It's like it's like you're just starting to get out of that whole uh, malaise. Today you get a victory after it, but then you know Tim's gone, and then you're going to get these two guys back with Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez eventually. And this team is snake bitten. We can't just have a full team. I remember that stat you brought up that the White Sox with their top six core guys have only played, what? Ten games. Ten games mm-hmm. together. And that was that stat was from April. And that was years ago. Yeah, that, that was, was like the, within right. years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We I mean, played that, ten games together. We it's, don't have it anymore. It's so frustrating not to have the people that Rick Hahn wanted to have on his squad ever this year, really. Mm-hmm. Like, Tim was out the first two games because of suspension. And then you immediately get Pollock going down. Then Yoan didn't play until the middle of May. You know, this is so frustrating. This team is snake bitten. I don't know what they did. I don't know who, who the gods or who the universe is, but they're definitely not a White Sox fan because every <laughs> time we start to go, something else brings us right back. The two steps forward and two steps back. Very true. There's something about Kauffman Stadium that gives me heaven vibes. I think it's the fountains. I think it's the gold accenting. So God is clearly a Kansas City Royals fan. Uh, It's Anderson, Moncada, Robert, Abreu, Grandal, and Jimenez. Those six have played 10 games together in a White Sox uniform. It's Anderson, 
Moncada, Robert, Abreu, Grandal, and Jimenez have played 10 games together. Aloy Jimenez just went down in a rehab assignment. They said they weren't too worried about it, but he'll get some rest. I think he's going to be off probably for a day or two, but the, the timeline, I think, hasn't been moved too much for Jimenez, so that's good news. Grandal is at least playing and, and looks healthy right now. Abreu is fine and looks healthy, uh, but Robert, I mean, we just saw he's not available to pinch hit. He's on the COVID IL. Mankata, he's coming back from an injury, and he still looks banged up up and now Anderson goes down he could be out for you know at least 10 days the, the shortest but it really feels like this might be a, a a double 10 day IL stint and maybe they just keep doing 10 day IL stint after 10 day IL stint after 10 day IL stint until he gets to this point I would really hate to see him to go on the the 60 day IL but you know if it's a four to six or four to eight week injury here Herb that's probably going to put us in late June early July Tim might not be able to make it to the all-star game after this. I mean, like there's a lot of things here that are going to hurt Tim Anderson's career. I mean, this is a really shitty time to get injured. I bet he'd rather be, you know, healthy for the postseason. but. And like you explained it, it didn't seem anything that was a weird move. The footwork looked good. Sometimes it just go. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had the problem last year. And this is weird with the White Sox. Like, these soft t- tissue injuries are just popping up everywhere. It's not the hamstring, it's the growing. It's not the growing, it's the quad. And then it's something else. And we got a super chat from Connor Smith, our guy. Four ninety nine super chat. From, from July 28th to August 26, 2004, switch hitting catcher Ben Davis hit three twenty four with five home runs and a nine ninety three OPS. I, I love that stat <laughs> and then he, and he was the guy who bunted on on Kirk Schilling and I'm pretty sure that uh Ben yeah, no hitter Ben Davis ended up going to uh coming from Seattle he did uh, in a trade uh for Miguel Olivo uh so you know the, the great Ben Davis replacing the great Miguel Olivo so shout out to our ba- Baja Blast boy uh, but I think Connor Smith I mean the, the the headline I believe was Freddie Garcia Right, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a Miguel Olivo Ben Davis swap, but, you know, one can Sweaty dream. Freddy. Uh, we got Eli, our guy from uh, Israel, hanging out. Eli Stein hanging out. What's up? Uh, we got Kevin Kellum uh, from Q101 hanging out. So what's up, Kevin Kellum? Uh, shout out to you. Uh, Mankata isn't 100%, so they won't switch his positions. I've, I've also seen that pop up, too. Uh, you know, we've seen this. What are they going to do next with uh, Anderson? We see uh, Mendick gets subbed in. Leary was on the bench. So you're probably going to see Mendick and Leary split time at shortstop uh, it's possible they call up Yolbert Sanchez someone will need to go to the IL uh, so a spot will be open up so maybe Yolbert Sanchez who's down in Charlotte right now can get the call up I don't think that they'd move Moncada to second base oh. I really don't see the point you see Jake Berger today great bat but I mean he's not a he's not a major league third baseman there's that bunt that happens it's right in front of Reynaldo Lopez and Reynaldo turns looks to third base there's no Jake Berger at third base. Uh, so a, a real brutal, brutal play there. And I just don't want to get rid of Moncada's elite defense at such an important position like third base. Josh Harrison's played fine defense at second base. Leary's been fine at second base. Obviously, they need to work on their communication. The whole team does. Uh, but I'm not too worried about second base. I know the offensive production hasn't been there, but maybe Gilbert Sanchez can bring that. It just feels, though, they're not going to make any big splashes just going to be a, a small call up and you're probably going to see the usual suspects in Garcia and Mendick. I mean, you paid Louis Garcia three years for $16 million. He's probably going to play a majority of those games at shortstop. His defense plays. It's decent in the infield. And for uh, Yolbert Sanchez to come up, 
I would think they would want him to play mostly every day, you know, getting a couple days off. But if you're going to put a guy like that making his major league debut, you probably want to keep him up there for a decent amount of time or keep him down in AAA to get the seasoning that he needs and development that he needs. I, it's a, it's bad any way you put it, unless they have faith in Jake Berger playing second base. Now, Which they don't. They don't. I don't know if he has enough range to play second base. He has, of course, the arm because he's a third baseman, but I don't know if he's actually played a, enough games there. I know we did it the other day in a blowout versus the Boston Red Sox, but... I wouldn't be too far away from putting Jake Berger there because his bat, it's playing. His bat has been playing most of the year. Um, when he got sent down, he was struggling a little bit. But since he's come up from AAA, Jake Berger's been doing the job. And I wouldn't want to have that outside of the lineup for somebody who can play second base lean, second base a little bit marginally better than he can. We do have another super chat that popped up in the chat. Alexander Moss, uh, $1.99 super chat, saying, bring back Gordon Beckham. Uh, I don't know when Steve Stone's next vacation day is, but you will not see Gordon Beckham on the field, uh, my friends. Uh, and I also saw a comment, uh, what's the, the highlight that will make Cubs fans the most upset and Sox fans smile? Uh, we already have heard Cody uh, from CHGO Cubs screaming his head off about, I think it's the eighth inning, the ninth inning, where the Cubs are unable to drive in any runs. Uh, that seems like that's getting to the Cubs fans the most. Yeah, I, I don't recall the play, but yeah, they, I remember they were kind of Schwind, out. Uh, Schwindel doubled to left center, so they, they had a runner on second to oh, start and then off they against pin, Hendricks. they pinch run, ran for him, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, then, yeah, and then he uh, wild pitch, got him to third. Wisdom struck pitching. out, Ortega struck out, Horner grounded out. Yeah, that I would be pissed too because the Cubs had the game in hand. They could have put a couple of insurance runs on the board with the White Sox struggling. Pretty much our whole fan base at that time going into that ninth inning, we were like, it's been real. Uh, one to nothing loss. Tough. And then the same thing in the 10th when the Cubs took a 3-1 to one lead on some nonsense that the White Sox did, which Sean just explained the uh, Ronaldo Lopez throw down uh, the right field line and Jake Berger not being where he should be. I was like, all right. This game's over. It's been good. White Sox, 3-1. to one. I like the fight you have in the ninth inning. And then, you know, they come back in the 10th. I was like, this, these some bitches want to win this game. And I'm kind of, I'm encouraged. Yeah. They could have, you know, really? they could have just thrown the towel in. I know the Cubs are no good. I don't, I mean, the Cubs, the, the Cubs gave them every opportunity to not give in the towel. Yeah. And so it's encouraging that they won the game where they played like crap. There's multitude of problems with the White Sox. We all see it out there. Their hitting is not timely. It's really bad when they have guys on uh, bases loaded. Um, and they don't play fundamental defense. Pitching was solid. I mean, Dylan Cease, he didn't have his best stuff. The Cubs were hitting him decently. Early, he had great stuff. The slider was electric. But you could see in a couple of those uh, bats versus Patrick Wisdom, he wanted no pieces of him, and he did not want to hang that slider. So he threw it to the left-handed batter's box on Patrick Wisdom. That's why he got the two walks. But he did a great job today. I uh, Bouncing back from the both Red Sox and the old uh, Yankees series, he's looking a little bit better. The 98 still in play. The slider looked tight in that first inning, and then he lost the grip of the control, so he couldn't really get the pinpoint accuracy that he had before. But when you don't have your best... You make it you make it happen. And his run that he gave up, it says on earn right now, but it was earned because yeah. you know it's a it's a rocket down third base. You've got to have Jake Berger backhand that ball 
firstly, and then throw it to first base, well, and they call that an air. Come and on it now, takes one hell of a bounce off a bag. Like you, I mean, yeah. you're just not thinking that ball is going to hit off that bag, ricochet, bounce right up in the air. I mean, it's a difficult play uh, for Berger. If he made that play, I definitely would have called that unbelievable. Uh, I don't know about Yasmani Grandal catching a pop-up behind him, calling that unbelievable uh, when he's completely in shade. But uh, that was that was something else. that I mean, He made the play. That's all that matters. Uh, White Sox improved to 23-23 and 23 on the mm-hmm. year. Uh, a run differential at minus 45. They are five games back of the 29-19 and 19 <laughs> Twins. However, the Twins, they had... Royce Lewis, their top prospect, go down today. Byron Buxton go down today. And Sonny Gray go down today. So if you're looking for silver linings, reasons to be optimistic like Herb, uh, White Sox win and the Minnesota Twins lose three of their important players. I'm really not getting uh, an optimistic feeling from this. Uh, We'll talk about that with Vinny Duber, though, because he's joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. The best way to support us is to, uh, the best way to support us, CHGO, is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. Make a $50 or more first-time deposit. You'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature, the live NBA same-game parlay. When you're watching Game 7 of the Celtics and Heat tonight, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays. Online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life at PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And our partner, next partner, has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to start a new morning routine. I wanted to wake up with some vitamins, with some good energy, and I get that through Athletic Greens. I've been on it for about six, seven weeks now, and I love it. It doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I look forward to each and every morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, I absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day off right. It benefits my lifestyle because I really don't like waking up and and just waking up, making sure I have that one thing uh, to, to really do, that, that one thing to get off my task uh, and making sure I take care of myself. You know, it just helps me start the right day off. It's also lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it will vibe with your lifestyle. And Athletic Greens has over 7,002 five-star reviews. Herb and I added the other two. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash socks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash socks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, Vinny. Hey, how are you, fellas? Oh, we're okay. That's Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. And if you're looking to become a member, uh, he is a main reason why. We have premium written content behind our paywalls at allchgo.com. And if you're looking for game recaps, quotes from inside the White Sox clubhouse, Vinny has you covered. So, Vinny, we got a question in here from Wayne Sawa. It's probably just the, the question we should lead off with. He's wondering who leads off now for the Sox. Tim Anderson obviously uh, left the game with a 
apparent injury. We know that he will be going to the IL. Uh, could you provide a little bit more details on what we know about Tim Anderson's injury? Yeah, I mean, you've, you've, you hit most of them there. Uh, obviously, a groin strain, uh, they're not sure of the severity yet, and they won't know until tomorrow uh, when he's further examined or they, or they get, obviously, uh, you know, the MRI and all that taken care of. Uh, and in terms of, you know, the timeline, we don't know, but it's going to be a, a bit, it would seem, because uh, a, a definite IL stay coming for TA. Um, so we're going to find out what the timeline is there. As for who leads off, um, I think the answer might be Luis Robert. Uh, obviously, he's on the COVID IL right now, um, but I think, uh, you know, the the outlook was very optimistic when we talked to Tony before the game today, saying that he felt much better. He'll probably be on the trip with them to Toronto. Didn't quite know, you know, they got to they gotta see if he's going to be able to go right away on Tuesday. It might be at some other time in that series, depending on if he's all right, but they're very optimistic uh, as of earlier today. And so I think uh, without Tim Anderson in that leadoff spot, I think uh, Robert would probably be the candidate to hit there. That would be my guess. What was the vibe of the clubhouse since they won the game, but they lose their leader in Tim Anderson? Yeah, uh, music maybe not as loud as, as you might have expected, but uh, it was in there. I, listen, I, I think the wind makes a big difference. Tony said it did. Uh, you know, um, there's the whole happy flight, uh, you know, thing that the that, 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 that pro teams uh, like to, to talk about when they're about to hit the road. But I would gotta I would go ahead and have to say that you know the the headline from this game is that TA is out. Um, but the way they won and the way they uh, they were able to come back and, and win in extras, I, I think they viewed that as quite the positive. Um, certainly, the way things have been going, um, you know, if they if they would have wrapped up that game, you know, shut out like it looked like they were going to be, you score one run in two games against the Cubs, you get swept. Uh, things were going to look, be looking really bad. You know, I, I don't know how big of a difference this makes in the long term. We got to find out. You know, a win, but they're five hundred again which they weren't when uh, when they woke up this morning. So um, that's a positive. Listen, it, 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 as we've been saying all, all year long, it's been all about the pitching. It's been all yeah. about the pitching, and Dylan Cease was fantastic today. Uh, they keep getting starting pitching performances like they've been getting, uh, and then you got Lance Lynn coming back at it on top of that. That's about as good as you could ask for. Um, but, yeah, they gotta they got to start scoring some runs, as we well know. Yeah, a game very em- emblematic of their problems. Uh, no earned runs as of right now for any of the White Sox pitching, although there's four for the Cubs scored. Uh, so, you know, they almost pitched a perfect game uh, just as much as they could. Uh, they, they, they really were fantastic, the pitching staff today. Uh, but then again, you know, surprisingly, the White Sox score five runs in the last four innings, but they do it on a wild pitch, a sack fly, uh, two singles, uh, which was nice. I guess three singles, uh, but it really never felt like they had that big hit. Um, did Tony talk about some of the small ball that they did end up playing? I wasn't a fan uh, of the sixth inning bunt when they had Harrison on second base with no outs. Um, did they you don't say. T- you don't say. You were only <laughs> tweeting about it for three hours. I don't know if you follow me. I don't know if you're looking for my tweets. Hey, you're a professional. You don't need to follow me being bitter online. Oh What's my gosh, now? Sean. I was about to tweet. I was about to tweet at you. Like, just enough, man. Enough. Like, my goodness, I understand people don't like to see bunts, but holy cow, Uh, (laughs) you know, come on, who cares? It didn't work. That's why you're not happy about it. Right. So, um, Mm. listen, I I think uh, I think uh, I mean, Jesus, the Cubs scored two. These Cubs scored two runs bunting all over the place in uh, in what whatever extra inning that was. 
Um, but yeah, it, it listen, I'm, I'm, I, I care much. I care as much about you and everybody else's complaints about bunting as I care as much about, uh, you got you and everybody well, else's complaints about the lineup. So I, I'm just, I'm just ribbing you there because yeah. I really, my opinion doesn't matter, but, um, Listen, you got to get runs. You got to get runs where you can get them. And and we talked about it yesterday with the send of Yaz on that uh, on that uh, you know when when Super Joe sent Grandal to try to score him from second because they, they're not scoring. They're not scoring at all. And 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 the consistency uh, is even worse. So if you're gonna try something, you got to try something to score to score runs. They were able to do it today. Uh, yeah, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was a very impressive offensive game by them. Tip, tip your hat to Jake Berger. He's come back from Charlotte and and really mm-hmm. impressed. I think um, you know again he's not going to take Yoan Moncada's job, but he's going to find his way into the lineup if he keeps doing this, and and he deserves to the way he's been hitting. So um, yeah, I, I still think they have offensive problems. I talked to Tim Anderson about him before the game. Didn't know that he was you know going to get hurt today, obviously, but um, right. you know it, it's it's something that they are not. I don't want to say they're not worried about it because that is just phrasing it that way just makes everybody mad. They are confident in themselves and their ability and that their work is going to pay off. And I think Tim phrased it really well because he's saying, listen, it's basically all you can do is keep working and keep believing that it's going to work. Right. I mean, if you're expecting all these successful pro baseball players to respond to a couple of, of rough months. And again, Tim has, has been the exception. You know, he's been fantastic. But um, by changing their entire, you know, offensive game, you're, that's not going to happen. And it's probably not going to work. Um, you know, that's the kind of thing that happens over the course of an entire offseason. That's not an in-season change entirely doing something completely different. So these are guys who have played at All-Star and MVP and Silver Slugger levels before. Um, they're going to trust that the work that they're doing on a daily basis is going to make it again. Now, he said, you can't be frustrated. You can't lose faith. You can't uh, lose your confidence. You've got to believe that you're the best guy on the planet every time you go out there. And certainly we see that from him. We know right. it from him, right? Um but I think everybody to a degree in that clubhouse and on every lineup across Major League Baseball feels that way. And it's when they don't that it's a story, right? And I think it's when they don't that it's like, oh, my God, he's, he, he's struggling because he lost confidence in himself. And how is he going to build himself back? The White Sox as a team really don't have that problem because they are not short on confidence, as we have seen over the many years and the many comments that they've made. Um, it's about getting it going here collectively and individually for a lot of different guys. And, um, you know, Tony La Russa and his coaching staff are trying. Uh, Tim Anderson and, and the, the, the guys in the clubhouse are trying. They're doing their work every day. Uh, he used the line that I'm sure nobody likes, but, you know, we're not trying to go up there and strike out. Uh, are trying to go up there and do bad and and I understand fans just see black and white results and that's all they that's how they formulate their opinion but that's the truth so uh, I I think that I listen it's a results oriented thing right you can rip them as as, uh, until they get it right because they haven't gotten it right yet but the the whole idea that they're not trying is obviously wrong well and to be fair I I don't think that we've tried to insinuate that they're not trying but it, it does feel that maybe they're trying the same approach over and over again my issue isn't with them striking out I mean it's the fact that they're not walking and it feels you know I mean Marcus Stroman threw five innings pitched 54 pitches I mean it's like it's it's that that frustrates me um it, it just feels like the approach hasn't changed and you're right I mean it's it's great to have confidence and I, I hope that that confidence comes back part of it is just I feel like they're pressing so much they need to have some fun and, and I'm just concerned about 
the guy that has all that confidence, the leader, straw that stirs the drink, your MVP pick going down for possibly, you know, at, at least 10 days. Well, and I'll tell you this too. It, it doesn't matter if the team batting average is 200 or 400. Tim Anderson going down is going to have a huge, right. huge negative effect. You know what I mean? They they are a team that is built around him, not from not only from a baseball standpoint, but from a uh, an emotional standpoint, from an attitude standpoint, and and they need to feed off of him in every conceivable area, not just oh he needs to get the hit at the top of the lineup to to make sure the, that a guy gets on base. It's it's a lot more than that, and. Um, we saw last year, right, when he was bothered by the, by the sore legs, uh, you know, in the second half of the season. He goes down for a little stretch there in the summer, and the offense just vanished. Now, the offense is not here to begin with right now, <laughs> so what's going to happen? No, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, it's, no, I know. It's, right. and, and listen, it's a, it's, a, it's a narrative that would have been a lot easier to, to craft had they lost today, right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, God, they lost, and it's, going to, it's, and it's about to get worse. Um, now, I think the thing that you can look at today is, well, go back to last year. How did they keep winning all those games without Aloy Jimenez and without Luis Robert? They got contributions. People stepped up, and they and they got contributions where they needed them. Jake Berger did that today. Jake Berger has done that the last few days, right? And so that's an example. It's, it's certainly not a, a prediction that that's going to turn things around right away, but it's an example of the kind of thing that kept them afloat last year when they dealt with some serious injuries. If Tim Anderson now – the the one guy you can't afford to lose if you're the White Sox um, goes down and they don't get those contributions like they haven't really been getting them throughout the year from whether it's the main guys or the or the reserve the fill in type guys uh, that's going to be a big big problem uh, you know and they already have a big big problem and that they can't score a lot of runs so uh, you know I'm I'm sure uh, to to use a phrase that Tony used the other day uh, when we when we asked about you know uh, something bad happening on a day they won you know I I. I don't mean to rain on the parade of, of folks who might be celebrating a win right now, but uh, I mean, really, that is the headline today is Tim Anderson and uh, a lot of the other stuff that happened. And boy, there was a lot of it, right, over the course of 12 innings, um, kind of all comes second. And speaking of guys that contributed last year when people went out, saw today, I think the most important at bat was the Gavin Sheets at bat in the ninth inning. One out was already on the board. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, these guys could just, you know, let this game go. David Robertson's pretty much been nails in his seven uh, relief appearances for uh, to close out a game. But Gavin Sheets takes that ball to left center field and then hustles in for a double. Did Tony speak about how important that bat was for the rest of the game? Because it seemed like it sparked the White Sox, of course, because it's you know a one-out double right there when you're down by one run. Well, I'll say this. I mean, again, I think it's really colored by results right and obviously it's great to get that hit that breaks the dam and it's great to get something going and get the fans uh you know the home fans that were here today there were a lot of visitor ones obviously being the crosstown series but uh to get the home fans yelling for you and that 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 makes a difference and and certainly this white Sox team has rarely found it uh difficult to feed off any little thing in that dugout because of the personalities they have in there obviously tim wasn't among them uh by the time that we they got to that point in the game but um I think though that you've got to see you got to see the the whole way that results affect your thinking, right? And and I and I'll and I'll bring up two two tweets I saw from you guys throughout the game. And 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 it just it just kind of really crystallized it for me. Sean, you're mm-hmm. talking early in the game when they when they had 
two hits to their name and no runs, and it looked like the same offense that we've seen for the last however many weeks. And and you called him apathetic, right? You call you yeah. you, you you pointed out something that Newton, you know, countless Twitter users always do. Uh, I don't really think that's something that you can determine by watching it through the TV, but the results colored your opinion on that, right? They hadn't had any success, so you label them that. Then they come back in the ninth inning and, and extra innings going beyond there, and Herb says, love to see the fight, right? And so you've there got you go. the same group of guys in the exact same game being assigned two opposite characteristics just because the hits started falling, right? And, and I, it's not to call you out. It's just to yeah. point out that I think it's a lot more difficult to read those intangible inside things on guys when uh when when you're when you're just watching for the results and look oh they got a hit and they struck some hits together look at these guys fight they're so they care so much oh my god they just uh ran into three outs right there in a row they they must not be in this today at all and and i think it shows that it can turn as quickly as it did which you just asked about herb and i think that that is uh that is really just baseball in a nutshell right there to be fair, though, I mean, I, I still f- hold the the opinion that they that this might be one of the most apathetic teams I've ever watched. Um, Why? I, I, I still think that the Cubs let them in. I mean, it, you look at this game going into the ninth inning, it was one nothing, And I, I don't think that the White Sox truly had some approach that finally worked through. I think they got lucky today. I mean, I, I think they Absolutely. got lucky and they, they were gifted. How many errors were there? They were, you know, there were errors. There were running mistakes. There were, you're, that's true. But I, what does that, what does that I mean, there's errors on the White Sox. Game. There, there, there's the, errors on the White Sox side too. Right. It was a very sloppily played game on both right. sides. I would argue, with the exception of the of the pitching. But um, my point is that like you can't let you can't let the individual results of any given you know month, week, game at bat you know color your entire opinion about the character of the entire team. And I, I think that following this team for a while, you know that the type of guys that are in that clubhouse and you know that the, the, the way that they are approaching every single day, I don't think if, you know, I, I don't think you can say, man, the offense sucks and they can't score right now. Boy, they are, boy, they must not care. Um, and, and, and I guess I'd just be interested in your thought. You know, what are the examples of that that you see? I mean, I guess the, what I see, I mean, you could, it's, it's tough to look away from the, the final, you know, game winning hit of Jake Berger and you all see them, you know, being all excited and, and, you know, corroding around everyone and, and celebrating. But I, it just feels, I guess the apatheticness I see is just displayed in that continued approach. It really does feel like they continue to ram themselves into a wall. They continue to ram themselves into the same wall over and over again, and it doesn't feel like there is an interest to change their approach. It doesn't feel like there's an interest to try something different. It feels like they are, in a way, you know, it feels kind of like a little bit with a Tim Anderson quote, like, we're confident in ourselves. So maybe it's a little bit lack of, you know, I'm I'm mixing confidence and um i guess energy or or, or again results i guess it, it could it could part into your part of you know the results start maybe that maybe my, my thoughts change on the apatheticness um but it doesn't feel like they are super concerned either i i mean dylan cease in that game i mean i feel like they probably should have taken dylan cease out uh after you know w- w- the runner gets on second base and they end up walking horner um i like i just it feels like there's not as much fight, in my opinion, with this team. Like, they're not drawing walks. They're not really having better at-bats, I, I, I guess. It's just, it feels like the same approach every single time. I guess that's where the, the lack of apatheticness comes from. 
or the apathetic. Yeah, I mean, from? I would. Yeah, I think I'm maybe maybe you're. I think maybe you're using the wrong word. I, I mean, I, I get your concern, but I mean to to assign it to to assign that they don't care if whether they succeed or not because they um, are sticking with something that has given them success in the past uh, is is different. I think, and I think I think I get your concern, and I think you need to find a new word for it because I think that um, I think that the opposite can be true. And I, let's put it this way: I think what you said could be the case. And it is it is well, describing and it is describing the opposite emotion, right? And to, they and care to your so point, much. They care so much because and that they are trusting, that they have faith, that they are working every single day. Um, again, it's not working. Obviously, it well, hasn't worked for the first two months of the season. But that I think it it doesn't necessarily. It's not a ding on the character of the team or the clubhouse because the the results aren't coming. And I think that those are I think those are two different things. Yeah, I, I so what you're I, looking for a change in strategy. Yes, I don't think and, you're looking for a change in uh, the character and the drive of each one of those players. And something that I have said too, and I, I keep saying that they're pressing. So I guess you're they really can't also be pressing and being apathetic. Correct. So, That's so right. I, those I, are I, opposites. So yeah, there, there you go. Um, there, I, I, I solved my own conundrum there. Uh, yeah, Herb, if you want to step in, uh, I think Vinny and I might be dominating this conversation. Oh no, no! I, I I don't need to step in. You guys are having a good conversation. The the top. I got to figure out a word. I just talked about the bottom of the ninth. Not the top of the ninth. That I think was the best pitching appearance of the day when Liam Hendricks gives up the double to Frank uh, Schwindel to start off the inning. Then throws a wild pitch. So there's runner on third, nobody out, and then proceeds to strike out Wisdom, strike out Ortega, and then get Nico Horner to ground out. Did Tony or uh, himself, Liam, talk about how big that ninth inning was for him? No, but I think that's what you expect from Liam Hendricks, right? I mean, you don't expect the the, the hit to start it off, obviously, but uh, I mean, that's what that's what he's being paid for is to to go and and, and mow guys down. And he's a uh, he's an all star closer. He's been the last two years the best closer in, in the American League, certainly if not baseball. Um, he is he is there to have performances like that. And you're right, it was gigantic because if that run scores, which it probably should have, the guy on third base with 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 nobody out. Um, then, then that comeback is, is not possible, perhaps, and then the game ends the way we thought it was going to for the first two and a half hours, and, and we're talking uh, about all the same negative stuff that we're talking about right now, but in a much different uh, sense because there's no, uh, there's no results or no positive result for the White Sox to go along with it. We've been talking about this stat that we found, uh, 10 games where Anderson, Moncada, Robert, Abreu, Grandal, and Jimenez have played together. Obviously, Abreu and uh, Jimenez or Abreu and Grandal are still active and healthy. Anderson goes down though. Uh, Robert on the COVID IL. Uh, Moncada pinched hit in this game, but obviously hasn't been able to start in the past couple games. Uh, and Jimenez just left Charlotte. Uh, do you think that there's a time where all six of those might be healthy? Uh, it, does it feel very bleak at the possibility that those six might be healthy at the same time? Well, I think you'll see Robert back soon. Um, Aloy, we just got to kind of have to wait and see. The The message today from Tony was that, uh, yeah, it wasn't good, you know, not perfect. You don't want to see uh, see that, but, uh, for, you know, him leaving that rehab game last night. But it might just mean he sits out a couple days and this is kind of what happens and, you know, this is part of the process, right? He, as we talked about yesterday, 
he's not back yet, right? That that we haven't hit that 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 estimated timeline yet. Um, so you know, it, it's not to say that what happened yesterday means that he's you know out indefinitely still. It's, he could very well still be on track to come back soon. Um, Moncada, as we know, the last few years now, kind of really very consistently bothered by nagging stuff. And and listen, he played a lot of games last year. He fought through it all the year the year he played through the after effects of COVID. I mean, he's not a guy who um, who who sits out for long stretches if he can help it, but it seems like he's always got something bothering him. And so it means he's going to have to sit out here and there a little bit, right? And, and maybe sadly not be as effective as, as anybody, you know, would hope that he would be. Uh, certainly, you know, getting back to that 2019 uh version of him um but yeah and then we, we don't know what's going to happen with tim and it really seems right. to be the story not just not just of this year you know so many injuries this year but last year that was the headline right you know Aloy and, and luis and, and and grandal missing all that time that they missed so to answer your question i don't know i don't know if we're right. going to see it healthy uh, and if we are it's not going to be for a long stretch uh, perhaps because we don't know when uh, Tim will be back at this point. So, um, yeah. Maybe it's, August? It's been tough. Like, well, I mean, I'm right, not going to go know? ahead and tell you that Tim Anderson is going to miss the next two months. I don't know that. But, um, you know, and the White Sox don't know that. So well, we'll, yeah. we'll have to wait and see on that. But but uh, even if even yeah. if Anderson comes back healthy, it's, you know, who else goes down? Like, you know, that's, I guess that's just the feeling with the, with the six of them. Uh, that's, this, that's just been the feeling and, and, you know, reality with the six of them is that they've all haven't been healthy at the same time. Yeah, Herb yep. used the word snake bitten, right? And it really yep. seems that way. I mean, it really seems like, uh, you know, if it wasn't for bad luck, they wouldn't have no luck at all sometimes. Um, and yet, uh, you know, they were able to, that was the case last year and they won the division in a runaway. So, um, you know, they get hitting. And, and this is maybe not the, the doom and gloom that it, that, it, that it sure seems like it is at the moment. But um, uh, it, it all kinds of hinges on that offense turning things around because the pitching has been great. Um, but the injuries have, have clouded it, and and the fact that the the offense has not been great um, has kind of really dominated every everything that we've seen from this team for the first two months. Lance Lynn's on the bump right now for Charlotte in uh, Durham, North Carolina. What were the expectations of this first start? Were they just want him to ramp up, of course, to like 100 pitches eventually at his third start, but what were they expecting at this first start for Lance Lynn down there in Charlotte? Yeah, I mean, you're going to see kind of that, staircase approach to the to the pitch count going up so he threw he threw a few in the live bp five days ago he's going to throw a few more than that today and then he'll throw a few more than that five days from now and the hope being that if that five days after that he'll be able to throw enough that he will be uh uh, getting up to that 100 pitch you know thing that he probably expects to do every time he takes the mound so um i I don't think lance lynn is going to come back until he's able to make a lance lynn kind of start uh you know we know how much he hates uh, being told that it's time to come out of a game. So uh, I think that he won't be be back with the White Sox until until he's ready to do that kind of thing. You're probably looking at, at mid-June, so maybe just about two weeks from now that would probably be uh, looking like a rough estimate of when he could be back. Final question I have for you. I'd like to talk to you about your mustachioed man, Dylan Cease. He had a nice outing today. Uh, did he have anything to say about his, uh, his outing today? 
Yeah, it's funny. We went up and talked to him. I mean, and, and we went up and talked to him. And in, in games like this, and, you know, they're not uh, they're not completely rare. But, you know, it's one of those days where, you know, you look around and you're like, why are we talking to this guy again? Like, he didn't <laughs> – like, didn't he pitch like four hours ago? Right. Like, you know, uh, and so, you know, he gets to go up there and talk about a nice day. But, uh, you know, obviously not the uh, the guy who determined the outcome um, as a starting pitcher so often is. But, uh, yeah, he looked great today. And, uh, you know, the Cubs are not uh, – you know, the Cubs are not the Yankees or, or the red hot Red Sox right now, but uh, he he looked really, really good today. And, uh, you know, the the kind of guy that we've been talking about is, um, you know, uh, an ace. Uh, uh, you guys have been talking about him since before the season started as a Cy Young type guy. And uh, he, that was a Cy Young uh, type outing from him today. The kind of thing that people are getting more and more used to seeing from him. Is there uh, did he address at all uh, anything with the his curve today? He just felt like he used it or trusted it less or maybe he trusted a slider more. Uh, did he address any of the secondary usage? He said he, he had tinkered with the uh, uh, grip on the slider between the last outing and today to try and to get that a little better. And looked so, fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, you go. there you go. I think he should keep using that grip. <laughs> Sean, pitching coach extraordinaire. Yeah. Ethan Katz knows what he's doing. Yeah, he looked really good, and uh, I'm glad that he looked to his slider and like it didn't feel like he had the feel for his knuckle curve. He only threw it what four or five 15 times? times, fifteen times, fifteen percent. I think. Yeah, it wasn't 15 that times. Yeah, it wasn't that uh, prominent as it usually is. But like you said, he found a way to get Cub hitters out. I expect him to score, strike out a couple more people, but his uh, streak of getting Cubs out after what the second inning was mm-hmm. pretty phenomenal. One you don't have your premium premium stuff where he's got all the pitches working, getting through the game like he did with no earned runs and seven innings, man, I, I got to tip the cap to that guy. His progression as a pitcher is continuing to grow, and I love what he's doing out there. Did he feel like his outing was good? Because I know some of these guys are like perfectionists, and he's like, no, I did this, that, and the other, and it wasn't good. It's probably somewhere in between, right? I mean, yeah, he thought he was happy with it. He thought it was good. But I bet you if you asked him that very specific question, he could have gone back and come up with, you know, two two pitches that got fouled off that right. he was really mad about or something like that. So that's usually how it works with these guys. All right, final thing I have for you. Passive or fretful? Which one describes the White Sox offense better than, uh, what did I use, uh, apathetic? Apathetic. Apathy, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably lean toward the first. Uh, okay. You know, I'm not sure they're worried. I'm not sure they're fretting at the moment. But uh, yeah, I think. Uh, but I think what, it, what you're looking, I think pressing. what you're looking for. I think what you're looking for is resistant. I think what you're looking for is resistant to change. Um, you know, if that's the complaint you're making, and I don't stubborn. think it's a b- bad one necessarily. But right. yeah, stubborn. But, yeah, entrenched. From from what we know, but like, isn't the like? I'm just trying to figure out like. The, the whole idea is Frank Minichino and, and Tony, they're trying to fix and solve the problem. So is it the players just not taking it on? The, 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 okay. I mean, maybe, maybe we, we've, we've had chats in the past that it, that could be the, an, an issue with some specific right. guys, you know, uh, I remember talking to Tony earlier, uh, you know, in this season when the offense was still not doing well. And, and I, I asked him basically, you know, is it hard for for some guys who have had success to be told to do something different and listen? Um, and he said, pitchers very receptive. You know, uh, if you if you tell Dylan Cease to, you know, experiment with the with the slider grip, he's going to go, ooh, that might work. Let's try that. And a hitter might go, okay, yeah, whatever you say, I got right. this. You know what I, I mean? Get- and, I, and 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 that's not to say it's a team wide issue. It's not to say it's the issue right. with the guys who are struggling. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I think, you know, I, I'm I. Tim Anderson said to me earlier today, 
you know, and it, it gives you a little bit of an insight into the mind of a, of a hitter, right? Uh, you know, all these guys have been up here before. They know what they're doing. We don't need any extra coaching or motivation to tell us, you know, how we can hit. We know how to hit. It's just, it's just not working. And that's not to say that he or anybody else is saying, never come coach me. It's just to say that the, the confidence is there, the belief is there, and that whole idea of, you know, these guys have been there before. They're going to figure it out. It, it's entirely frustrating to people to hear when they've watched them not figure it out for two right. months, right? But how many times in, in, over the last decade have we watched Jose Abreu go through a horrible month at the plate and then you look up at the end of the year and the numbers are what the numbers were? Again, I'm not saying that's going to happen this time around with any specific guy. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, certainly. Uh, they don't play. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the idea is that they have assembled a roster that is not just talented but in a lot of cases proven and uh you know guys who have won silver sluggers guys who have been to all-star games um and in the case of jose abreu a guy who's won an mvp so um again that's not to say that things are all going to be cheery because as i just said earlier it's going to be a huge problem that's going to drag down their season until it no longer is but don't be surprised if all these complaints from the first two months could end up you know, being put by the boards uh, when we're two months further down the road. Vinny, what are you going to do with your Memorial Day off? I was thinking of maybe going to the beach. I am too. It's supposed to be hot. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. 90 there. degrees. I'll see you there. Me, me beach, Vinny are apparently going to go together. Which beach do you prefer, Sean? I, You're I down go on to the, the south side there, I know. I go to the South Shore Cultural Center. Okay. Gotcha. It's very gotcha. nice. Where do you, yeah. where, where do you, what, what's your frequency? What, what, what spot <sighs> do you frequent? See, I'm more of a, a, a when I go by the lakeside, I'm more of a walker than a beach goer. Mm -hmm. But I think I think maybe give Montrose a try, maybe up up in that area. We'll see uh, we'll see uh, how how far I get on a walk before I decide I want to <laughs> you know dip the toes in the sand. If you go farther enough, the dog beach is right there too. Remember sunblock. Oh, uh, you're telling me after Arizona? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> He's well traveled and very smart and has the SPF 50 on lock. He's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. Enjoy your Memorial Day, Vinny. You guys do the same. We will see Vinny on Tuesday. We got Toronto versus Chicago, and that's why KPW says, hey, guys, can't wait for Tuesday. Can't wait for Kevin Gosman to shove versus the White Sox. Interesting stuff uh, to go off of there with uh, Vinny's uh, comments from, from Tim postgame, Tony, uh, or Tim pregame, uh, Tony postgame. Uh, interested to dive into those quotes. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life at PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Herb, uh, I thought it was pretty interesting there. Maybe, maybe uh, towards the, the latter half where we kind of started talking about the hitting coach uh, and the, the whether it's apathy, whether it's passiveness, uh, whether it's fretfulness from this White Sox offense. But it is frustrating to just hear that, you know, maybe it is passiveness. Maybe they aren't nervous. Maybe they aren't afraid. Maybe it is just a little bit of stubbornness uh, from these White Sox hitters. 
it hasn't seemed like the approach has changed. And the approach, I guess, did give them five runs today, but there was no hit that I see that I'm like, oh, wow, here comes the bats. I mean, like, there, there, I mean, there's the Gavin Sheets double, I guess. Yeah, I, and I think that I talk about process over results all the time, but I'm mad about the results that the White Sox hitters have had. So for them to keep the same approach, which they think is the correct process, would be my thing. I would be like, okay, I see that you're doing the same things that you've been doing to get success for years. I would just go back and say, was the initial process of you doing this the correct one? And so, yes, I don't too much fault them for running into problems on offense because they're trying. They're out there giving effort. I mean, Gavin Sheets, we talk about all the time, like he should have been sent down instead of Berger. But today comes up with a big knock in the ninth inning, hustles for a double there. Mm -hmm. So, yes, these guys are trying. But once you don't see the numbers translate or the runs translate or the walks translate, you're like, okay, guys, maybe you need to go with a different process than what you've been doing. Maybe that process that you initially did, it, it bared good fruit. It had good results, but it was very shaky. It wasn't real. It wasn't built on a solid foundation. Now maybe you need to go back to, hey, let me see a pitch every once in a while. Let me see these balls a little deeper. Mm -hmm. Well, um, <laughs> let me see exactly what this pitch is trying to do to me. And it's, a walk is not a bad thing. A walk is a thing that I will take. We've seen Timmy walk twice in a game. He, I think, on that game in particular versus the Kansas City Royals on the getaway day where the White Sox had to have that game to win that series, he willed that offense to win that game, and he walked on purpose. That's not his game. He doesn't do that. And he stole bases on purpose to spark the offense. Now I need the rest of the guys to find a way with his absence. It's going to be a huge void there to – get runners on firstly, and then secondly produce. And when they're on second base, and we've seen the 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 stats for them having runners on second base when they get singles. What has it been 16 times this year? Oh, Jesus. I mean, I mean the stats? before today's game. Yeah, so for before today's game, here's some stats for you. When they have a runner on second, when the Chicago White Sox have a runner on second, when a single is hit and a runner scores, all right? Yeah. The White Sox have had... 16 runners on second when a single is hit and a runner scored. That is the lowest in the major leagues. They have 16. The next team is 18. The league average is 28. So the White Sox well below average at driving in runners from second base on a single. They also lead the majors, tied for the lead, and runners thrown out at home with nine. So maybe that's a that's a, a little thing there too. Yasmani Grandal would have scored from second, uh, but he's slow as shit. Uh, and then also, uh, when... These are plate appearances with less than two outs and a runner on third. The White Sox have 96. It looks like it's top 10, close to top 10 for most in the major leagues. Times they've actually scored. Plate appearances with less than two outs, a runner on third, and the runner scored. The White Sox also look to be bottom 10. 39 times they have scored uh, with a plate appearance with less than two outs and a runner on third, and the runner scored. It is the lowest conversion percentage at 40.6 percentage for 40.6 percent the second lowest Miami Marlins at 44 percent so they are horrible at driving runners in from third base with less than two outs they just can't do it and, and it's part of the runners in scoring position stats 
But it's it's just so frustrating to see it continually happen, continually happen. And that's why, I mean, even when you, they move people over to fucking second, third base with a, a sacrifice punt. I was literally about know, to talk it, about it, that. They can't even drive them in. That's part of the problem. Tony's always doing these sacrifice bunts. He tried to do a sacrifice bunt in extra innings. Lurie Garcia got called out for interference, and then uh, Adam Engel had to go back to second base. I hate sacrifice bunts, guys, unless they're producing an actual run. Like if you're doing a suicide squeeze right. or a safety squeeze where you're scoring a run, and that maybe is the winning run, I'm in. But if you're just moving a guy who's fast from second to third base and giving up an out, I don't, I'm not in. The White Sox do that way too much. Uh, can we literally way just too much. can we literally just throw the fucking entire thought process back at Tony Larusa's face? Top of the sixth or bottom of the sixth inning. I'm so sorry. Bottom of the sixth inning. Harrison walk. Harrison gets the second on a wild pitch. Mendick bunts a fielder's choice of the pitcher right to Stroman, who's one of the best fielding pitchers in the league. He throws out Harrison at third, one out at first base. Then here we go. Let's see. Hmm. Who was on second base? When Danny Mindick let off the top of the t- or the bottom of the tenth inning, oh, Josh Harrison was on second base. So when Josh Harrison was on second base with no outs, and yes, in the sixth inning it was a zero-zero game and it was a three-one game in the bottom of the tenth. But here comes Danny Mindick hitting a fucking single up the middle, and do you know who ends up scoring? Uh, is Danny Mendick to tie the game? So it does make sense to not give up outs and actually swing the bat. And we saw Danny Mendick has been one of your better producing hitters at Charlotte this year when he's down there. He has a high fly ball percentage this year. There is no reason why Gavin Sheets gets the exception, but Danny Mendick doesn't. It's ridiculous. Just because a guy is small and short doesn't mean you should fucking bunt him because he had the worst bunt attempt you could have. He bunted right back to the, the, the pitcher. The third baseman stood on third base and they got guy got gunned out. And I want to go to the the run uh, expectancy thing. Uh, I know people hate math. People hate analytics. Analytics are the worst because numbers are always right. It sucks to actually help your team out. It sucks to give yourself uh, actual uh, help here. Advantage. If you look at the runners column here, uh, if you look at the one with an underscore, a two and an underscore, that means there's a runner on second base. When you have a runner on second base and no outs, the run expectancy is 1.068. That's where the White Sox were. Where they tried to get was a runner on third base with one out. They went from a run expectancy of 1.068 to 0.865. That is hurting your chances to score. Why? Because you give up an out. And then what they actually do is because bunting's stupid, you have to bunt perfectly to do it. They then get a runner on first base with one out. Their run expectancy, 0.489. They don't score. So they went from having the chance to score above a run at 1.06 to below half a run, 0.489. Tony Larusa, right there, chose to cut his team's chance to score a run in the sixth inning by half. But we want to play with more analytics, as Rick uh, Hahn said, after he fired Ricky Renteria. I know that his was, this wasn't his uh, hire, but you can throw some numbers at him. That's what Rick Hahn wanted to do. You can say, hey, hey, Tony... When you got that guy at second, don't bunt because you see at the end at the end of the game, you got a productive out by Andrew Vaughn from a guy who was on second. He That's purposely hurting. hit the ball to the right side of the infield and moved the guy over to the sec- to third base. 
earlier in that game, Gavin Sheets. There was a Jose Abreu at second, and I think Yasmani Grandal at first. He hits a deep fly ball, which advances Jose Abreu to third base. Productive outs. You're trying. That is what I care about, trying to score the run. I understand you guys don't like GIDP. You don't like people just knocking the ball in the How do you ground into a double play with a runner on second? No, no, I'm saying. I know, but I'm just saying. With Gavin Sheets, he had first and second. I know that you guys want to move a guy over instead of taking the risk of GIDP or in the case of the guy just being on second, you want to move into third. Yes, that's more advantageous. But as Sean just said, you don't make yourself better. You don't help yourself win the game more by moving a guy over and giving up an out. It's just really dumb. It's dumb old school baseball. And if it's just one run you're looking for, I'll accept it. And it's like you're the last batters and the game's tied and you just want that guy to go to third with one out, fine. I don't like it, but I understand why you're doing it. But otherwise, it's just so dumb. As Ian says, the process is wrong. It's wrong. No, it's it's absolutely wrong. And do you know what Mendick does in his next two at-bats? Single, single. What what if Danny Mendick, and this is a crazy idea, in the sixth inning in a tie ball game, what if with no outs and a runner in scoring position, you had three shots to try to score that runner? That sounds a hell of a lot better than trying to score a runner from first base with one out. You have a offense that can't score anybody from fucking third base. You have an offense that can't score anybody from fucking second base. You can't score anybody from first base. It's so stupid. It's so stupid to see that strategy just continue to play out. I don't understand it. It's the same thing where you have Josh Harrison batting second and then sliding down to nine. It's all about feel. It's all about, you know, oh, we got we to gotta have the smartest move here. We got we to gotta get a run across the plate. Hit yeah. the damn ball. Yeah, that's, that's what they get paid for. Bunting is a thing of the past, and I wish our manager thought that same thing. If you're bunting for a hit like Yoan Mancata did or Reese McGuire, I'm all in for it. But giving up outs is just dumb. Don't do it. You only have 27 usually in a game. Brutal. All right, Steven, what else are we forgetting? Oh, we could talk about Leary. So this is the uh, catcher interference play. Uh, Leary ends up coming in. He pinches. He pinch hits uh, for it was the pitcher, pitcher at that point, Aaron Bummer, because uh, they took out. Uh, they took out. Uh, who was it? Uh, they took out Reese McGuire for Mancada, which got rid of the DH because then Grandal had to play catcher. Uh, so then Lopez came in, Bummer came in, and then Garcia uh, pinch hit for Bummer with a runner on second. Adam Engel on second. Leary Garcia lays down a. It goes into the front of the pitcher, Robert uh, Gelsman, and he throws it over to the first baseline. This is where Leary was, and then this is where he was at the bag. The ball ends up hitting him, but from my view here, Herb, he's in that line. Yeah, He's running completely over that line. I know people were confused in the stadium and why it was catcher or runner interference. I don't think it was. I think it was a bad ump call. I think it is because initially he, when he did get contacted, the, he was still over the line, and it's hard and fast. Like they should have a thing like in softball where the runner runs in the out of bounds spot, and there's an extra base there for mm-hmm. that specific thing, only for that time when you're running from home plate to first base to touch the bag, so you could stay out of the in 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 play, and then people can not throw the ball at your butt and get you an easy out because he wasn't trying to do that. He wasn't trying to get in the way of the second baseman. That 
call is always a dumb call to me, but it's part of the rules. If you're inside of the line, if it ball hits you, fine. I didn't too much care about it. I cared about the bunt that he just did <laughs> to start that. It's another thing. There's a runner on second. Lurie Garcia is a left-handed it, hitter in that regard. It's a He's runner a, on second. It's Adam Engel on second. Your second fastest runner. Yeah, and so Lurie Garcia, I know he has a inside-out swing sometimes where he hits it over the shortstop, but for the most part, if Robert Gesellman's pitching versus him, he can ground the ball to second like Andrew Vaughn did later in the game. You can have a productive out without automatically giving up the out there. I just don't know why Tony keeps on doing it because it doesn't lead to more runs. How yeah. many times have the White Sox scored well, more runs with a sack bunt? Do you know how many? Uh, do you know how many outs there were too? And Ingle uh, was uh, standing on second base. Zero. Zero. Yeah. So there's another sack fu- sacrifice bunt. Yeah, yep. just hit the ball to the right side of the infield. Ground out. Ground out to the f- so Garcia grounded out. Harrison grounded out into a fielder's choice to the pitcher. Uh, he threw it to third and got Angle out at, at third in a rundown. It was stupid for Engel to even go on the play as well. He should have stayed at second base. And then oh, Mendick, bases cleared, he flied out to center field. Or, well, I guess there was um, Harrison on first. But, you know, Mendick has to swing for the fences to try to drive something in at that point, bottom 10. So I, I really thought it was sloppy. I, I don't understand the, the opinion to throw, you know, to have to play small ball, I, I really it makes no sense with this team. Uh, you can see that even the guys that you'd play small ball with, Engel, Garcia, Mendick, have been hitting as of late. So I don't understand the thought process to not let them hit. Biggest takeaway: Tim Anderson getting injured. Anything else that we might not have discussed that you might want to give a shout out to? No, I mean I'm just looking at the uh, timeline right here. What Jesus Shuttlesworth said: Lynn pitched three and two thirds innings, no hits. No runs, three Ks. It's three innings, two hits, three Ks. Okay, sorry. I thought three and two thirds. All right, three hit, three innings, two hits, no runs, three Ks for Lance Lynn and his uh, start down there in Durham, North Carolina. He's got 39 pitches on the game, so he was probably it before the game. He said he won pitch about 45. That's pretty much it for the uh, start if that is the case. I'm not too worried. I'm not too uh, too concerned about watching what Lance Lynn is doing uh, down in Charlotte. You know, it's it's about getting pitches and it's about returning uh, back. So hopefully uh, we'll see him. I think Vinny mentioned around June 13th uh, for Lance Lynn's possible return. So it's we'll the see earliest if he can return. Was it? That's the that's because, the earliest he can return. Yeah, because of the three starts he wants to do. Right. You know, so he has to go a start. Wait five days. Start. Wait five days. Wait. Start, wait five days. And if he's only going 39 pitches in this one, he'll probably build up to about 55, 60 next one. Yeah. So the White Sox next opponent, they will be off tomorrow for Memorial Day. You'll see the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays. They will go to Toronto. They will go to Tampa. And then they welcome in the Los Angeles Dodgers. How (laughs) fun. Uh, Toronto, it will be Giolito versus Gosman, Kopech versus Ryu, and Cueto versus Manoa. How are you mm. feeling about going into Toronto? Just like I felt when I was, they were going into New York. I was like, ooh, they just played a woeful series versus the Royals where they happened to get the victory in the series, three, over, three games to two. And I was like, just get one. Get one of these games versus the Yankees, and then that'll be a successful road trip. They got two out of those three. They played much better in those series, and that especially that doubleheader win, they played much better. I'm not too um, high on them mm-hmm. going to Toronto because of be? two of those three pitchers. The the uh, bread of that sandwich is not really not really uh, awe inspiring for the White Sox because Kevin Gausman's pretty damn good, mm-hmm. and then heard I heard he's all right, and then you got Manoa. Oh, God damn, he's good, and then 
I'm acting like a hundred Ryu is some crumb bum. He's pretty decent himself, but he's a left-hander. So the White Sox usually do well versus left-handers, except for Daniel Lynch. Damn it, KPW. Please don't predict that on that Wednesday. KPW, don't even come on, on yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday talking yeah, about your damn Blue Jays winning. We so it, I don't feel good. good. I just want one. I know it's very, it's terrible. It's very, very terrible that me just saying I want one out of three, but this team is not a good team, but they're supposed to be much better than they played before than they played so far. I just want one victory over the Toronto Blue Jays. And then if we can get two out of three versus the Tampa Bay Rays, I'll take that. Split the series. Split the the road trip of six games. I'm told it's early, so hey, this doesn't matter. You can get swept right now. It doesn't matter. They're not even at the sixty <laughs> game mark yet. So, you know, they still got a hundred and a hundred and two games after the sixty game mark. So, you know, it, it could always happen. Uh I, I'm not expecting a good one. Uh Alex Manoa has a disgusting slider. As we know, the White Sox, the stubborn White Sox, uh maybe the passive White Sox, uh, haven't really taken to any uh, slider help. So I think that they will get absolutely carved up by Manoa. And Kevin Gausman with a major league splitter will also carve up the White Sox. So we'll be able to recap those games pre and post games for you on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It'll be Herb Lawrence and myself, Sean Anderson, along with Vinny Duber. Yeah. We will not be We're in back Toronto. together for the first time in a long time. We'll be hanging all out together. Vinny can say I have bad word choice in person, which is going to be fun to say. Uh, that should be all good. You can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. And shout out to Stephen Nicholas, who produced us today. We will talk to you tomorrow. And thank you to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. Hold on a second. You see your man KPW spell offense incorrectly? Come on, uh, man. It's America. Yeah. O-F-F-E. <laughs> E-N-C-E. That is offensive. Uh, I like how, like, the British came over here, and then America's like, yeah, let's change all that shit. Get all, get rid of all the U's. Yeah, and Ca- Canada's like, oh, let's keep all that. Yeah, yeah like, the, 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 the brother down north is uh, doing everything else differently. It's like a C with offense. Nope, S. They still got the, the lady <laughs> on the bills over there. They still got the queen over there on the bills. She comes over to Canada and says, hey, you do this. And they're like, okay, we got to do that, queen. Aye, aye, Captain. Uh, <laughs> everyone enjoy their evening. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, thank you, Muhammad, Bye, too, uh, for hanging out, sending over the super chat. Uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out, giving us the support here on the CHGO White Sox pregame show, uh, postgame show. Uh, we'll have the pregame show for you on Tuesday, and we will talk to you then. Have a good Memorial Day, and go White Sox.